The Blue Jackets have locked in their goon. Is having a goon a good or a bad thing? We discussed today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Hayden Househorn, and with me is my co-host, Jay Foster. We're here to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of your favorite team and ours, the CBJ. Before we get started, we want to thank you for making this your first listen every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and the SiriusXM app. Today, we're going to be talking about Matthew Olivier. He was a guy that the Jackets traded for from Nashville just an off season ago. I think this last year was his first year with Columbus and he needed a new deal and the blue jacket signed him to a two year deal worth 2.2 million. He'll be getting 1.1 million a year. And Jay, you and I feel differently about these types of players. Um, I'm more of an old school guy when it comes to this kind of stuff. I still think there is room for guys who are willing to drop the gloves and personally, I believe that Matthew Olivier is the best of the best when it comes to dropping the gloves. When you heard $1.1 million for Matthew Olivier, your thoughts were what? I mean, so first off, I, want, I just want to clarify that I don't think he's a goon necessarily. Um, people are going to get mad in the comments about that. Um, I don't think he's a goon necessarily. I don't think he has value on this team. That being said. I had kind of made my peace with him coming back. Uh, the the team loves him. Ownership, lo- um, the the GM loves him. Like he he does fulfill a role on this team that really no one else on the team does. I don't think. Um, whether that role is is necessary in today's game, I'm not sure. When we talked about Mathieu Olivier and did his like season review, I think I said that I didn't want them to pay more than a million a year for Mathieu Olivier. So it's only a little bit more than that. But it's a what it's three hundred and seventy k more than he was making in his last contract. So like, I don't know that he was good enough last season to earn that raise. But at the end of the day, they were going to re-sign him. This is not some like I wasn't worried they were going to give him like a five year contract, but I was a little bit worried that they were going to do that. You know, so like two years, one point one million. It is what it is. He's going to do exactly the same thing he did last year. Um, my worry is that he's going to be doing that at the expense of another one of the fringe players that maybe should be tr- getting a look at the NHL. One of the prospects is my worry. Yeah, that's completely fair. I mean, the Blue Jackets have had plenty of prospects that they're trying to get in the mix. We know that they are kind of sh- kind of short on room in terms of that. And Matthew Olivier is not a guy that's going to light it up, or at least he's not the guy that has the ceiling that you would like him to have. He had eight goals and 14 assists, getting 22 points um, last year for the Jackets. Or no, excuse me, that's in 114 career games between the Blue Jackets yeah, I think and the Predators. Like 12 points last season. Yeah, so he hasn't... He hasn't absolutely lit it up. Like I, I say he was a goon, and, and I want to apologize to any 
buddy that uh, is offended by the word goon. He's a modern goon. How about that? How about he's just a tough guy? Because that's what he is, right? We we know exactly what he is. Whenever a guy gets pushed around, whenever maybe Kent Johnson is out there flashing a little too much, and and you know Nick Deloria takes a takes kind of a stab at him. Uh, Matthew Olivier is the guy to step up and fight a Nick Deloria. He's and I still think that in the modern NHL there is room for that as long as the NHL will allow fighting. Um, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. He's a fighter. He's a fighter. He he knows how to drop the gloves. There's a video of him out there playing in Milwaukee, beating the pulp out of ever whatever pul- poor soul was at the other end of those fists. Um, it gets me excited. It gets me excited. I know it's it's something that is certainly going to get phased out of hockey. Let's also call a spade a spade. Fighting is going to one day be out of the NHL. Um while it is still in the NHL, I still think it's important because I do think when you have the threat of a guy that can beat a guy's head in so bad that he bloodies the visor of the guy, I think that is a serious threat and can put uh, a little bit of fear in other teams' eyes in terms of how they choose to play. Because there's a lot of teams, Jay, that don't necessarily have all the skill that the Jackets have that might come into Nationwide and try to be like, hey, we're going to rough these guys up a little bit. Not as long as 26 is on the ice. Excuse me, 24. He's 26 years old. Uh, to put that. <laughs> My numbers are difficult. Um, I think I think the thing that, that frustrates me about this, and we're going to get into another contract in, in just a second that was signed um, at, the, at some point that this past weekend. I don't understand how time works anymore. Time's um, a tough one. <laughs> time is a tough one. Let's all <laughs> say time's a tough. lot in a very short space of time. So I'm like, what day is it today? Who who can say? Um, but uh, I'm surprised that it's two years instead of one because I'm looking at all of the contracts that the Blue Jackets need to figure out. And of all of the players, I fully expected him to get a one-year contract and then again reevaluate next year but i guess maybe they lock him in for a couple of years they don't have to give him another raise to say 1.5 the year after that um my issue with matthew olivier this season just gone was not that he was on the team it was that he was like almost a security blanket for brad larson as a coach it felt like every time he didn't really know who to put on the ice he just pointed at that fourth line you know that, that that and we've covered it on the show a bunch of times the that line of robinson corrali olivier play, they had the most ice time together of any three jackets forwards all season like to me that feels not ideal you know um so we'll have to see whether um mike babcock feels the same way about olivier he is a player that is going to thrive under very limited minutes playing against less good opponents he played a lot of minutes this season too many minutes i think so if he is used properly i think he could be a real a really effective uh penalty killer uh i like him as a penalty killer a lot and uh if he can get those penalty minutes down in terms of not taking stupid offensive zone penalties uh then hey me and machu will be the best of buds i do love in the you know little hey the blue jacket signed a guy kind of uh news article that they send out 
they highlight that he had 169 penalty minutes. Like, it's just funny because we talk about all these players all the time, talk about all these prospects and certain guys that we're worried about because they have penalty minutes. But I see 169 penalty minutes, and there is one guy that is allowed to have that many penalty minutes, and that's Matthew Olivier. Because at the end of the day, we all know what his purpose serves. And I said the word goon. I've already thought of a better word. How about guardian? How about he's the guardian on the ice, right? He's the guy who's going to stick up for the smaller guys who can't fight. And that's where I think his value lies. He did average 11 minutes of ice time. That's a little too much. That's a little too much. I I wouldn't mind that being less. Um, But the truth is maybe he can still do some things offensively that uh, Brad Larson was clearly looking at. Now, Brad Larson's not the Blue Jackets coach, so uh, Mike Babcock might have some different thoughts on how he can use Olivier, so that might change. But I'm picking up already that you are cool with the just the two-year deal for him right now, right? Like, two years is fine. Um, 1.1 million a year, maybe a little bit more than you would want, but two years you're good with. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. I wasn't, like, jumping out of my seat and punching the air at this contract, but, like, I'm, it's fine. It's fine. I feel okay about it, you know? I don't feel... I'm not, jump, I'm not jumping for joy, but I'm also not, like, calling for Yamo's head about this. this but, thing but let me <laughs> ask you this. Can I ask you this? Does it not get you a little bit excited, you know, when you're wa- when you have a Jackets game on the TV and, you know, maybe you're... The game just started... Uh, you're not really quite settled into it. It's just a random Tuesday night game. And, uh, you know, you're grabbing a drink from the kitchen and you just come back in the living room and Matthew Olivier is just going to town on some New York Islander. You got you like that, that, that type of stuff in the sport of hockey is just so unique to the sport of hockey that I still cherish and love. Um, like I, I watch sports like basketball or I watch sports like football. And everybody makes a big deal, you know, when there's a little pushing and shoving going on, like, oh, there's a brawl going on. I'm like, that's not a brawl. That's a couple guys like extending their arms towards each other. Like fighting is still a thing in hockey. And I think this guy had over 10 fights last year. So um, as long as it's still a thing, I think he deserves to get paid. So 1.1 million. Shout out to shout out to him for getting paid while he can. You know, like mm-hmm. all, all the respect to, in the world to this dude who is, he has a niche and he's going for it. You know, like I'm never going to begrudge players for going after more money because I think that the players should take as much from the billionaire owners as they can, you know, um, especially while, you know, his career is probably going to be a lot shorter than, than a lot of people's. So, you know, shout out to him for for getting that bag as the as the kids say these days, I think. Yes, it, it's nice. And, and the other thing is too, we say this about all the Blue Jackets, but he's only 26. So, you know, he's still got his uh, some years left in his 20s to to maybe kind of hone in on that offensive game because the Jackets are always looking for offense. And he, clearly he's a guy that's on the ice playing with confidence, which is a huge, huge piece of being successful in the NHL. All right. So that was that contract. We're going to talk about another contract in a second. But before we do, I want to give you a little thought on this. 
for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. We just talked about Matthew Olivier and his fit on the team. It's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts or accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know when the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. Matthew Olivier has a lot of confidence on the ice. It's the name of the game when you stop to eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, I can guarantee you, you'll be back in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when you have the right parts. And the right parts are guaranteed with eBay Motors. Get the right parts, get the right fit, get the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. This guy, I love this guy, Jay, because guess what? He played at Ohio State. So I'm an Ohio State fan. I live in Columbus. We have tons of these stinky Wolverines coming in all the time <laughs> wearing Blue Jackets jerseys. And they're so talented that we have to let them play on the ice. It's just nice whenever I see a guy like Carson Meyer, who uh, born and raised in Palo Ohio, um, grew up a Blue Jackets fan. I love to see him make the NHL. I love to see him score a goal this past year. I believe it was against was against the Islanders he scored or no, it was against the Flyers where he scored his first goal on the road. It was an absolute tap in, but he still buried it. Um, he's got a, 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 a long history of, of some health issues, but he's battled through that. And here he is at 25 years old, getting games for his hometown team. And he just signed a deal worth one year, 775K in the NHL. The deal is a two-way deal, which means he's going to be making 190K when he plays with the Monsters this past season. And he's going to get 210 guaranteed no matter what. But Jay, when you saw that the Jackets signed Carson Meyer, were you as were you as excited as I am? I mean, I'm a Columbus native. I was very pumped. You have a little bit more of a you know worldwide international perspective, so you you know have as a, a more non biased perspective on a one Carson Meyer. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? So the thing is, and I tell this story, I've told this story in the podcast a couple of times, is that I never used to understand the like, so when John Tavares went to free agency and everyone was like, he's going to go home to Toronto, he's going to go home to Toronto. I was like, that's so stupid. This idea of players coming back to the hometown is so stupid. And then the Blue Jackets started acquiring Ohio-born players. And I was like, well, these are my children now. I love all of these Ohio-born players, you know, like Sean Corrali, Jack Roslevic, uh, Cole Sillinger, I'm claiming as an Ohio uh, born player because he was born in Columbus, even though he plays for Canada internationally. Uh, Carson Meyer is another one of these guys, former AAA Blue Jacket. Um, he is what, a smaller guy. He's only 5'11", I think 180 or 90 pounds. Um, former seventh round pick. I'm always going to root for a guy like this. I'm always going to root for the little guys, both like physically and spiritually, to uh, to succeed in this league. Um, I wasn't convinced the Blue Jackets were going to re-sign him. It's a pretty easy deal to uh, bury in the minors, so I'm not worried about that. Um, this is, and I kind of said it in the little, the the show description on the on the side there. This is a show me contract. This is, can you be successful with the monsters 
if you get that call up to the Blue Jackets, can you be successful there? He had 26 points in 34 AHL games with the Monsters this season. I think he can do better. I think he can do way better than that. Um, he's got, I think, four NHL point, career NHL points in 27 games. I, again, I think he can do better. Do I think he's going to be a full-time NHL next season? No, I think there's there's too many moving pieces. There's too many. There's too much competition for that bottom six. Um, I think Carson Wright is probably going to be the bit one of the big dogs in Cleveland. Um, and I think if he has a massive again, if you will excuse me, if you will allow me to make the same pun that I made in a recording that we did earlier, I think he's going to have a monster season this season. Um, and I think it's exci- like it's exciting. We should be rooting for these Ohio-born players in the same way that we root, like you know, people root for players that come from California or players that come from Arizona. You know, they come from these small markets. The more that those guys succeed, the more that the, the kids in Ohio at the minute playing are going to see that and be like, well, he's from Columbus. He did it. So I should be able to do it as well. I think it's I think it's super fun. It is super fun. It is super fun. And I, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if other Blue Jackets fans feel this way, but there's just that I guess that idea in the back of their head that you know, game seven of the Stanley Cup final, they're going to put that extra mile in because they're playing for the Blue Jackets. You know, it's other players at the end of the day, they're not really playing for the jersey that's on their back. They're, they're playing to make money. But for the hometown guys, they know what that team means to the city more than anybody else. And so you just think that they're going to put that extra mile in. And sometimes that elevates them. And I think it has elevated Carson Meyer in this case because – when he has been on the ice, yeah, he hasn't done damage, as you just said. What, two points, two, four points in like 27 four games? In 27 games, yeah. And his first goal was two years ago, by the way. I, I misspoke on that. Um, I know some people think I don't know Puck just because I can't rattle off when Carson Meyer scored his first NHL goal right off the top of my head. Sorry. These last couple of years of the Brad Larson show in my head have just been one year that I'm just kind of just trying to turn into well, zero years. Horrible, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As much as I love Brad Larson, great guy. Um, but I think Carson Meyer does play with that extra bounce in him. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it when I've gone to nationwide, I, I can tell when you're in person watching him, he just, he's focused. He wants to do well. Has it translated? No, but he's only 25. And I love doing that about Blue Jackets players, but it's true. He is only 25. Um, he has some he has some time to grow. And we keep saying that about all these guys, but the truth is one of them has to turn into a pro. The opportunity's there. And because he's born in Columbus, he's going to have that little bit of kind of edge because he's a fan favorite in a way because he played at Ohio State. And obviously, if you haven't been to Columbus, a lot of Buckeye fans here. So, um, yeah, I know I'm excited about Carson Meyer. I, I think it's I think it absolutely is a show me deal, and it's not just show me what you do in Columbus when you get the opportunity, but keep lighting it up in Cleveland. And I think he was was he just over point a game in Cleveland. I I had it up here and I, I lost it. Twenty just under. Twenty-six points in yeah. thirty-four games. Yeah, so just under a point per game. Yeah, so that that should come up. That should come up because he's played in Cleveland before, so he should feel like he's going into that with some experience, and I expect him to. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really really excited about this. I'm really really excited that the Blue Jackets got that deal. 
deal done, even though it's for a small amount. Um, and does he have a chance at being a full-timer here in the long term? I don't know, just because there's so many players at that right wing. Uh, you know, Bamstrom, uh, Marchenko, you know, uh, Chinikov. Like, there's so many guys that you could just throw in at that winger. It's it's not a great it's not a great situation for him when it comes to that. But uh, nonetheless, it's it's a guy that the Jackets have signed. 770k this year when he plays in the NHL. 190k when he plays with the Monsters. I'd say that's pretty good money, even for somebody from Powell, Ohio, which. I love people from Palo, Ohio, but that is a you're, you're going to get people from Palo, Ohio mad at us. <laughs> oh, they know. Oh, no, they know. Don't trust me. Trust me, Jay. The people from Palo, Ohio, they know. So, all right. Um, we're going to take another pause. When we come back, we'll talk about who else the Jackets need to possibly resign. Welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets. The Jackets are filled with guys that they need to kind of re-up. A lot of guys in that prove-it year kind of situation. Who is next? Who is next in your head, Jay? I mean, I'm looking here, and it seems like we've got a lot of them done. Um you know, some of them are going to be RFAs coming up in the year after. I'm talking guys like Marchenko, Cole Sillinger, Bemstrom, Foodie. Those are guys that we can worry about next. But who is it? Who do the Jackets need to kind of re-up on? Well, just for just for clarity's sake, for the people listening at home, the current contracts Please. that the Blue Jackets have that are expired is Lane Peterson, who is going to be a UFA. Tim Burney is an RFA. Gavin Bayreuther is a UFA. And then uh, in terms of non-roster players, Trey Fix-Walansky, to Justin Richards, Marcus Bjork, uh, John Gillies, and Michael Hutchinson all need new contracts. Now, I expect both of those goalies to be gone. Um, Michael Hutchinson is 33 years old. John Gillies doesn't even really feature. Um, I know who I would like to see next, and I would like to see Trey Fix-Walansky get that new contract. I think the next contract extension might be Tim Burney, who I really liked this season. I thought he did really well in, again, way more minutes than he should be playing as a rookie, um, playing in difficult situations. I don't know that Gabranson was the best partner for him to learn from, but that was the partner that he had, and I think he did a, a pretty decent job. Um, this is not to say that Eric Gabranson is bad, um, just to, again, trying to get out in front of that. I, just, I wonder if there was a more suitable deep pairing that that could have happened there. So I think Tim Burney is going to be the next the next contract sign. I think he's earned it at this point, but I would really really like to see Trefix Walensky get a contract. Yeah, yeah, and, and probably something similar to Carson Meyer if not a little bit more as as he had a very very good year with the Monsters this past year, led the team in points. He should be getting around 900k, I I believe. I think that would be fair for him. When he plays in the NHL, maybe around 200K when he plays for the Monsters. That's a great landing spot. You're a big Tim Burney guy, and that's cool. I, I didn't see a tons of things in Tim Burney that I necessarily liked. I didn't see necessarily a lot of things that I disliked. But if the Blue Jackets can sign him for cheap, keep him around, that's great. Maybe on a two-way contract as well where he can play 
with the monsters a little bit. That's also great. Um, yeah, I would I would love to see that. You're out on you're out on Gillies. Didn't see anything from Gillies that you liked. That's fine. I didn't either. He's, yeah, um, he's, a, he's an AHL goalie that they got. I think did they get him from Arizona in the Jake Voracek trade? Um, or did they get that him? No, they got, sad, Michael, they got the Michael Hutchinson from Vegas, and they got John Gillies from Arizona. And it was very much a case of we need literal bodies because I believe Tarasov finished the year hurt. Uh, Elvis got hurt near the end there. Corpusalo was missing. Um, he was off being in the playoffs in LA. So, like, I get it. Sometimes you've got to pick up a, a goalie, but I would fully expect both of those guys. To, like, maybe John Gilly signs an extension. He's an RFA, and they bury him in the minors. But, uh, yeah, I assume Michael Hutchinson is long gone from this team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Justin Richards is a guy who is a UFA as well. He's another name out there who would also be in that category of guys looking for a prove it mm-hmm. kind of contract. I don't think he would be anything more than what Carson Meyer gets, uh, probably even less. But to be completely honest, I just don't know how many of these contracts the Jackets can afford to give out. You know, um, if they can give him a, a small contract similar to what Carson Meyer, I'd like to see that too, because I think there's still something there with Justin Richards that I like. Yeah, so the Blue Jackets have four point seven million in cap space. Uh, they currently have thirteen forwards, six defensemen, and two goalies under that. Um, plus uh, Warensky, Bean, and Danforth, who are all on IR. Um, but I believe that all counts towards the cap right now. I should have double checked that. Um, yes, it does. So they have some cap space. I would be very surprised if. Um, if they didn't re-sign basically all of these dudes, so like Trafix Walanski, Marcus Bjork, Tim Burney, I assume we're all going to get re-signed. They're all RFAs. Um, also, I misspoke. John Gillies is a UFA, not an RFA, so I also expect him to be gone. Um, yeah. In terms of yeah. UFAs, Richards, uh, Unaluotu, uh, Gavin Bayruther, and uh, Lane Peterson are all guys that I would... Maybe you keep one or two of those guys. I would expect all the RFAs to be up, to come back. I would expect maybe one or two of the UFAs to come back, whether that's uh, Richards, whether that's Richards and Luotu. Uh, I don't know, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be the most upset if I saw Gavin Bayruther leave. He just he just wasn't a guy that stuck out to me really more than any of the other defensemen that they had in there. He kind of is the defenseman of the Brad Larson era when I think of just how that kind of all unfolded with the Kraken coming to the mix, him getting picked up by the Kraken and then him coming back and just all that crap. Um, he's going to be 29 or he is 29 right now. So yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be upset if I, if the blue jackets didn't sign him, especially with all the defensemen that they have coming That's in and Provorov and Severson. Yeah. It's, it's kind of becoming a stacked room. He's going to be the odd man out, which, I yeah, I'm fine with. Um, I liked him a lot when he was with the Monsters a few seasons back, but I don't think he ever managed to figure out the jump to the NHL. Um, and then, again, he was kind of a victim of playing above his station. Like, again, he was a, he would be a guy that I would be fine with in that seventh defenseman role, but I think there are other guys that they can get for cheaper, um, and he's probably going to go somewhere else and get a similar contract from someone with probably a little more a little more cap space. 
Um, he's a he can play both sides, so that gives him versatility. But yeah, I'm not going to be like weeping in the streets if Gavin Bayer the walks on July first. Yeah, yeah, neither am I. And honestly, at that age, if you can grab a deal over a million somehow from somebody based off your experience in the NHL that you have, that would be absolutely phenomenal for him. I wouldn't shame a team for doing it either. Maybe he didn't shine in the jacket system because, to be honest, the jackets had a bad team the last two years. So he could go on to somewhere else and absolutely flourish. I wouldn't be surprised by that necessarily either. Um, But, yeah, that's all we have for you guys today. It was a a fun conversation. Tomorrow we're going to be doing a season review for a player that I love. (laughs) No, 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 sorry. Tomorrow is the prospect stuff with Josh Rosa. There you go. You see, you know, I'm new to this locked on stuff. Jay's been doing this for three years. He knows what's going on. Um, So that's what we're going to be doing tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening, for making this your first listen every day. Locked on Blue Jackets, free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube and the Sirius XM app. I'm Hayden Househorn. You can find me on Twitter at HaydenH971. A lot of tweets of me complaining about my life lately Um, in a, in, funny ways i promise you you can follow jay on twitter at underscore jacob foster that's jacob with a k foster throw an r after the o there and then you can follow the locked on blue jackets show account on twitter at lo underscore blue jackets you can also email us believe it or not stop tweeting the hate out just email the hate directly so it's not out there on the internet for everybody to read guys you can email us, LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening, and until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.